Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Break Room Boys. I'm Nate, and that's Lucas. Hello, hello. How we doing, man? Good, dude. I'm uh, I'm thriving. I'm doing great today. Good to see you. Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Um, had to had to take care of a little BM before we got started. Here. Yeah, yeah. Stomach's been turning a little bit, eating out the last two nights in a row. Not a not a good idea for you, boy. But uh, all is all's looking really exciting in the world of sports, especially right now. Um, obviously, the first thing we got to talk about is going to be the college football playoff mm-hmm. because those rankings dropped on Sunday after all of the conference tournaments, or I'm sorry, all of the conference championships took place, and it's just been nuclear Armageddon, especially on Twitter, or I guess I should say X. Yeah, and we, so, we um, haven't talked about uh, any of it, at least uh, on a recording, as we took a hi- hiatus last week. Took was, a hiatus. I was traveling during Thanksgiving. Didn't so. get to talk about there's the Iron lot, Bowl. Yeah, there's been a lot unfold since we've sat here. Didn't get to talk about Michigan versus Ohio State. Um, yeah, there's just there's been a lot that's developed since we last talked, and so, uh, you know, I guess the best way to – to do it is just to get right into it. I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of division right now on who deserved to be in, who are the best teams. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think that they pretty much got it right, or is there anything that you would change? I do think they got it right, and before, I mean, we'll acknowledge our bias up front clearly, um, and I'll kind of elaborate, but I, I do think they got it right. Um, and I guess for anyone under a rock or doesn't call it, who doesn't follow college football, uh, the playoff committee selected number one seed Michigan, number two Washington, number three Texas, number four Alabama, uh, and that is the college football playoff this year. Uh, I, I do think they chose the right teams. Um, man, there's so many directions to go with this. They created a four-team playoff ten years ago. And knowing there was five power conferences. The first year, they had to make a bit of a tough decision. And really since then, it's been kind of obvious for them. But in the last year of the 14 playoff, they finally had a situation where all five power conference champions were pretty deserving. Um, In the past, I don't think they've always selected the best four teams Like, for example, last year, Alabama's second loss at LSU pretty much disqualified them, despite, I think, consensus being, like, Alabama was a better team than TCU. Right. Also, consensus agreement that Alabama did not belong in the playoffs. So that's kind of been the weird tightrope that they've had to walk this whole time where talented teams have underachieved, and it's kind of been up to their opinion to decide whether or not they're deserving. And that line has really been the two-loss mark, I think. Yeah. We haven't seen a two-loss team make the playoff. So, I guess in the history of the 14 playoff, there was no two-loss team. But it's kind of just up to fate and strength of schedule and, you know, when you lose, how you lose, and who you lose to. And, you know, are these the best four teams? No. I think Georgia should firmly be somewhere in that top four, maybe even one. There may be the best team in the country despite losing uh, last Saturday. But – Michigan and Washington as undefeated power conference champions, the way they they competed this year in their conference, clearly one and two. If Jordan Travis had not gotten injured, and then Florida State was also a lock, you know, despite the ACC being a weaker strength of schedule this year, 
but that ultimately, and they've been clear on it, like what well, that was the difference maker. I think in the part of the outrage is is not only from their fans who I I would obviously be, be pissed too if our team went undefeated through conference play and got snubbed, but this has been a unique circumstance where a quarterback of a team clearly one of the most probably the most important player on the team you could say maybe Jared Verse is better he's a better pro prospect but Jordan Travis was the most important part of that team it's not like losing a wide out or a right guard or a rotational player this is your quarterback um and it sucks it really like it, yeah, it, it sucks so bad but I do think just the way they've operated, they weren't going to put Georgia in following that that loss because Georgia was relatively untested. They kind of had a one-game schedule, much like Michigan and Ohio State, where they had this one game they couldn't lose. And, you know, it was a conference championship for them. And they weren't going to make it. Um, so I think they, they got it right, putting a blend of the best and most deserving teams, which is kind of what they've done this whole time. And it's kind of just an unspoken criteria we agree on. Because, again, there are under, underachieving teams who I think we can agree and have been better than teams who've been selected. Yeah. But it's that you can't, you know, you got to, you can't lose the wrong game. And, you know, it all comes down to kind of what's going on around you. But, man, you talk about the, their most contentious decision they've made in the final oh, year no of the 14 playoff. I mean, it's, you've seen people take hard stances on both sides. I think most people agree for the most part. With kind of the sentiment that I have, and that like they got it right, it's also really shitty for Florida State. But they, this is a fourteen playoff with five I, power conferences. I think know? the issue with what with the process that's in place right now, and the and the way that it's all determined, the big issue that you have right now, which will obviously play out a little bit more with the twelve team playoff. Um, there's less margin for error there. I don't know if they got it right because I don't know what the correct criteria is. If you're looking strictly at the top four teams, like you said, Georgia's got to be in that mix. Mm -hmm. You couldn't put them in because they lost their conference championship. You're not going to put both them and Alabama in, and then now you're talking about removing Texas, who beat Alabama head-to-head. Mm -hmm. You can't leave Texas out and put Alabama in. Right. So, you know, the, the explanation that they went with was – we wanted to put the four best, not necessarily the four most deserving, which I think is always the best route to go um, if you're looking for the best possible playoff. But then again, how do you determine that? Mm -hmm. Because Florida State did beat Florida, and they beat LSU. Um, they had some quality wins. And, yeah, they lost their quarterback, and they the offense did not look remotely the same. They mm -hmm. And I think we can pretty much all agree here. They probably wouldn't do too well in a playoff. I think where the committee fucked up is leaving them at four prior to that conference championship game. Where I, I, they, I would agree. They should have looked at the way they played against Florida. And, a, you know, Florida lost Graham Mertz and, and FSU lost Jordan Travis right before that game. So you had Rodemaker and then whoever Floyd, uh, Florida's backup was. Um, and – Florida State, I mean, they looked like a markedly different team. I think that's the best way to put it is that this current Florida State team is not the Florida State team who went undefeated through the regular season. Agreed. They're a 2-0 and team who looked really rough in two wins with a second string and then a third string quarterback. Uh, and they did – they won their conference. I mean, it 
it really sucks that that you know the the four team playoff managed to kind of work itself out all the way till the final year where you had to make a call like this. But um, I, I also think that there's a combination of things here in play where if Alabama would have lost to Texas, who was a top ten team even back when we played them, if they would have lost to Texas run through the rest of their schedule, beat the, the back-to-back defending champs who are on a 29-game 20, win streak, and you kept them out. What message are you sending there? Don't schedule good teams at the beginning of, of your schedule yeah. because it could come back to bite you. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got teams like Michigan and Ohio State that don't pay any mind to out-of-conference scheduling, that don't play anybody all year except each other and they just get a free pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually argue that maybe Washington should be one and Michigan should be two. Does that really matter? Well, yes, actually it does, because Washington would be playing in the Rose Bowl as opposed to playing in New Orleans. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very tough. It's very nuanced. I will say I think a lot of the outrage has not been as much about Florida State getting screwed over as it is Alabama fatigue. That's part of it, yeah. Florida State fans have – Florida State fans, players, coaches, administrators, everybody has every right in the world to be rip shit pissed and to just be raising hell. I, I, I would absolutely do the same thing if I was in their position. How are you going to tell me that we're not one of the four best teams and we don't have the chance to prove it? Yeah. I, I mean – it's a valid point, and I don't knock any Florida State fans that are going that direction. They can say what they want about Alabama. They can say what they want about the, the committee. I don't fault them for any of it. But some of the stuff that you're seeing from some of these other fan bases, like Tennessee fans and Auburn fans, and it's like this is your fault. You could have just beat us, and it wouldn't have been an issue. There would have been no discussion to have here. Yeah. But you didn't, so you got to live with it. And why do you care? Yeah, you're sure. not. You didn't sniff the playoff. Who cares? Yeah, I mean that <laughs> that part of it. Um, even you know, we talked about some LSU media members who were uh, just very clearly wearing it on their sleeve. And I do get it. It's it is probably frustrating for people who want to see something different. But it, you know, if you look at it objectively. It just would have been really hard to leave this Alabama team out as an SEC champion. Um, and, you know, if Jordan Travis would have been healthy, they would have been the three seed in Texas because of that win over mm-hmm. Alabama would have been at four. But um, Texas and Alabama are linked because of that game. You can't put Alabama in without Texas. And Texas is one of the best four teams. I, you know, I, I think it's uh, Georgia, Alabama, Texas – and then I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe even I'd say Washington. Washington. You know, Ohio State probably there as far as talent. Washington oh. beating Oregon twice very impre- was extremely and, and the impressive. Committee, and by the way, the committee was in love with Oregon. It was very clear that oh, no they kidding. were going to be in as a one-loss conference champion had they won that game. They were favored by ten despite losing. Uh, you know, a month and a half earlier, uh, and Washington beat them again, which was a very very impressive game. Um, this is going to be a really fun playoff. I think that's the thing. I and mean, you look at the final result. I, I, I know we talked about how it's fucked up in some regard. This has potential to be a really, really, really good playoff. Uh, and I know, you know, there's been a lot of first-round blowouts. There's been a few national championship blowouts. Um, we talked about, you know, part of the potential of that we see. I think, you know, Texas has the potential to blow out Washington. 
Although Texas's weakness is kind of their secondary, Washington slings it a lot. I just think uh, if it's going to be one-sided, it's going to go in favor of Texas. I think Alabama has that potential too. But these could also be two really competitive games. Right. Um, and I, I just think you know, with Travis down, it, it sucks. It, it really does. But I, Florida State did not have much of a chance to compete against either one of these two. And, and here, here's something else that's been brought up. So I, this is not new information here, and I'm sure people have seen it. But if you haven't, um, we could have had the 12-team playoff this year. But this quote-unquote alliance – uh, of athletic directors decided, yeah. no, no, we're not going to implement it a yeah. year early. And you know who one of those guys was? The fucking ACC director. So the, depending on who you're a fan of, uh, you know, some commissioner, people, I should say, Sorry. some people point the finger at Greg Sankey and the SEC for nabbing Texas and Oklahoma. But those teams had voiced their displeasure for years about the Big 12. They'd been courted by the Pac-12, especially Texas. And the SEC made it happen in kind of a time of uncertainty. You know, it is what it is. Uh, but then the Big Ten completely screwed uh, the ACC and Pac-12 in forming that alliance and really just taking their teams. I mean, it, it didn't live – they didn't honor that at all. Their whole plan was to nab the, the teams they wanted, to add, you know, cherry-pick from those conferences. And they got together, decided to delay the 12-team playoff, which is starting next year. Uh, which, by the way, SEC Commissioner Sankey wanted to start this year. Correct. Correct. Voted in favor of it. Um, but the alliance, which is a hilarious time in college football, uh, that was formed. And on a, a completely unofficial, non-binding agreement between three dorks um, prevented this from happening this year. And, uh, you know, in, in the long run, kind of screwed Florida State along with some other fringe teams. Uh, who'd be competing in a playoff game now. So uh, all of it won't be solved next year. We're still going to have issues. There's going to be seeding questions, and, and you know, it's going to be a bit arbitrary in the middle of that 1 through 12. Uh, and then you're, of course, going to have your, your like, three lost teams who are arguing about who should be number 12. So uh, you're still going to have it. It's not going to be as, you know, it'll the top four will work itself out much easier. Uh, but you're still going to have some issues. Um but, yeah, isn't it, isn't it crazy, dude? The last year of the 14 playoff, we have a situation like this where all five power conferences. And this is standards. what everyone was afraid of. Ten this years This ago. entire yeah. decade, uh, you know, when's a team going to get screwed out, out of it? You know, when are, when are you going to come into the, into the situation where you've got five undefeated teams? I mean, that, that was always the fear. You're going to have five undefeated conference champions and only four can get in. How do you determine that? Mm -hmm. Well, that never happened, but we did have definitely five worthy teams this year. Absolutely. Yeah. You could even argue that you had six. Sure. Ohio State was a pretty damn good team, too. Yeah. Georgia was a pretty good team, too. It's just, it, you know, there's been te teams who did not win yeah, there. I mean, we were seven deep there. So. Yeah, seven. I mean, you know, there's been many years where a non-conference champion made it, you know, because of the way things shook out. But, um we got a month to speculate. This is a, this is always a tough time because I'm still, we're still riding the high of a, a conference championship, and now we just have nothing but time to sit and speculate about what will happen on New Year's Day. And that's something else I'm really looking forward to next year with this 12-team playoff. We don't have a full fucking month to sit around and wait mm -hmm. because this, this part sucks. Yeah. I don't give a shit about most of the bowl games. I'm going to be completely honest. Maybe that makes me a bad college football fan. But most of these smaller bowl games have completely lost their luster. They're fun to bet on and do your bowl pickums and all that fun stuff. But, like, I really don't give a shit about Northern Illinois versus Toledo. 
which is not an actual matchup. And but, neither do those two teams for the most part. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the hard part. You know, I can watch a regular season matchup between teams I don't care much about. You know, they're they're fighting for their postseason. Well, this is it. This is, you know, guys are opting out, you know, based on injury and draft uh, speculation and stuff. So, I, I'm with you. Until we get to kind of the, the New Year's Six, it's, it's tough to get into. The, the, the funniest thing that's played out through all of this that's even funnier, I think, than – fans of teams like Tennessee and Auburn who have never sniffed a college football playoff being up in arms has been Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. Um, He has asked for a million dollars to sue the college football playoff committee. Uh, We'll see how that goes. I I don't think that's going to work well for him. Um, But the the funniest part about that was that was announced the day before he had a, a Republican candidate debate in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yeah. I have no idea how that went down. I don't know if he was asked about it. I don't really care to watch those things, but you're not doing yourself any favors. You're alienating yeah. some some potential voters there for sure. Got to know your audience, man. Um, one of the bowl games that I do want to talk a little bit about. So there are there are a few bowl games out there where where you see funny gimmicks and things. You know, like the Cheez It Bowl. They, they don't douse their coach. The, the winning coach doesn't get doused in Gatorade. He gets a, a Cheez-It bath. Mm-hmm. I think there might be something similar with the Duke's Mayo Bowl. They do. They douse the coach in, in a giant vat of mayo. Which is disgusting. Yeah. Um, but there's something truly crazy that has come out for this year. Uh, there's actually a Pop-Tarts Bowl, which I did not know that was a thing. Apparently this is the inception of the bowl game. Um Pop-Tarts has decided to do something very interesting where... Revolutionary, um, you could say. They're going to feature an edible mascot who will run around the stadium interacting with fans and when the final whistle blows, transform into a game-winning snack for the victors. The mascot is going to be eaten by the winning team. (laughs) This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard of, and I can't wait to see it. I could not disagree with you more, dude. This is amazing. (laughs) Do they have to eat the person inside of the costume? No, they made well. they made sure to note that the person will be removed from the costume before uh, it is devoured. I was going to say, do they have to just stay in there? Or are they going to get nibbled on too? But I, first of all, we got to know what flavor. I'm guessing classic strawberry is going to be the flavor of this pop tart. If they were smart, they'd do the brown sugar cinnamon. See, that's a I, I, that's in my pantheon. I still, I just, strawberry is just a classic. It may still be number one. Brown sugar cinnamon and chocolate chip cookie dough. Did you ever try that oh, one? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my freeze God, it, that dude. one was so fucking good. Hot fudge sundae was another really good one, but you have to freeze it. You don't eat that one room temp or toasted. It's it's astounding. They made s'mores, hot fudge sundae, and chocolate chip cookie dough, which are basically all the same ingredients, and they all taste different somehow. Yeah. Um, dude. Yeah, and then Wildberry, too. Wild, it might actually be a big Wildberry Pop-Tart. I wouldn't be shocked. But this is sick. I think this is, like, <laughs> they, the Cheez-It Bowl, I, like, follow suit, just make it a giant fucking cheese cracker that the winners can just gnaw. The Duke's Mayo Bowl, I think, the losers should have to eat, like, a mascot-sized jar of Duke's Mayo. <laughs> like, that should be, it should be a punishment game. That mascot goes to the losing team. But, I mean, any you could do this with any, you know – Meineke car care bowl, if that thing still exists, just make a, a big ass transmission. And you just got to <laughs> change the just carry it around on the field. Yeah. I mean, you could like really start give them a motor oil bath. Yeah, just douse them in ten W thirty. 
Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I think there's a ton of potential here. This is like something I've, I've never even considered, uh, you know, despite all the absurdity of the bowl game sponsors. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever thought, you know, to involve the team and like consuming the mascot. This is, I don't know if this will be a trend. It could be a one-off. But dude, this I, I is th- something straight out of like a fucking Japanese game oh, show. Oh, 1,000%. Or- <laughs> yeah. The, the winners get to eat the the mascot of the team. When yeah. is that ball? Who's in the Pop-Tarts Bowl, by the, the way? The Pop-Tarts Bowl will be between – okay, so it's December 28th in Orlando, Florida. Um, it's – well, it, it sure would be handy if they'd just tell me it right here. Um, yeah, I don't guess that was important to note. Um, so, tough shit. I, I guess we'll find out. Um, let's move right along, though. Talk about the NFL. And we're not going to break down the games like we usually do because we've gotten feedback that that's boring. Um, and also listening back ourselves, it is boring. Yeah. And we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. So I just wanted to talk, talk about a couple – a couple quick things, and then uh, we can do a quick little look ahead. The number one thing right now for me, though, is this has been a hellacious year for injuries. I mean, you're seeing it at all different positions, but the quarterback position in and of itself, just by itself, has been completely run through. Um, I'm going to pull up the playoff picture here for the, a- the AFC in particular because they have really gotten the worst end of this. And it um, started – as we were sitting here Started watching. opening kickoff. The first, yeah, for and first drive of the season uh, with Aaron Rodgers tearing his, his Achilles. Um, although, you know, his holistic medicine has brought him back to full health, I think, <laughs> now. So it's remarkable. But, yeah, you've seen a string of just, like, crippling injuries for a number of teams. It has been one of those years. So let's look at the AFC playoff picture real quick. The one seed right now is the Miami Dolphins. Number two, we got Baltimore Ravens. Three is the Kansas City Chiefs. And then the rest of the seven teams that are currently slated in the playoffs are missing their starting quarterback. The Jacksonville Jaguars just lost Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. We have no idea how long he's going to be out, but it's a high ankle sprain. Probably going to have a tightrope, maybe, for the playoffs if they make it. Yeah. yeah. Um, which they, they probably will, but there are some teams knocking on the door you really don't know. Uh, so that's Jacksonville. And then the Steelers lost Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I don't know how long he's going to be yeah, out. Who's behind him? Um, Trubisky. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, that's actually the game that we're missing tonight. Uh, Mitch Trubisky versus Bailey Zappi? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. We just um, watched Florida State Louisville the other night. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, I'm exactly. To watch that again. The Cleveland Browns. They're missing Deshaun Watson. He is out for the entire year. Oh, and they also lost their second string, who's who just came back this last week, right? I think so. Um, Are they And they signed Joe Flacco, but I don't. I think DTR is going to start it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and by the way, Joe Flacco in a, in a Browns jersey was just not a pretty sight. Shocking. He played okay. Yeah. But it just didn't look right. No. Like certain not. guys just don't look good in certain uniforms, and that orange just does not pop on Joe Flacco. <laughs> not at all. Uh, and then, of course, the seventh seed, you've got the Indianapolis Colts, who – Lost Anthony Richardson at the very beginning of the year, and they've got Gardner Minshew now, who I don't think gets enough respect personally. But that is four of the seven teams right now that are missing their starting QB. Um, teams that I think are going to benefit from this, 
Houston Texans are going to find their way in. C.J. Stroud's been fucking unreal. Um, they're, they're just rolling as a team. They got the Jets this week. I don't feel like they're going to have any problems with that. Um, the Bills are currently sitting as the 11 seed. They've got the, uh, the Chiefs this week, which I think could be a really good game. I'll honestly be a little surprised if they don't win that game. I don't like the way that the Chiefs are, are trending right now. Their offense kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, their defense is really good, but their defense also just got completely obliterated this last week by the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, the Packers are a hot team now. Who would have thought? Right. Um, I don't believe in the Broncos. I don't think that they're going to get it done. The Bengals, Browning looked good last week, but I don't, I don't trust that moving forward. The Chargers, let's get real. They're, they're, they're just a completely unserious franchise. So I think what we're probably looking at here is two of – I would say the eight-seed Texans and the 11-seed Bills. If I had to pick two teams to, to knock out one of these teams missing their, their quarterback, it would be those two. And if I had to choose somebody out of here, I would say, please, God, get the Steelers out of the playoff picture. They're not a good team. No. Um, and then I'd probably have to go with the Colts, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville just completely shit the bed down the stretch. So yeah. um, we'll see. Who's starting for Jacksonville now? Uh, Bethard. Connor right. Bethard. C- C- yeah. CJ. CJ. Or something. I don't know who Connor Bethard is. CJ beat hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, that's it's just been catastrophic um, for that conference and everyone losing a quarterback. Uh, it makes it pretty interesting <laughs> as far as, like, what backups are going to be able to, you know, get by until the, if their starters are able to get back. If if not, are you going to be able to, you know, squeak your way in? It, I guess just because of the number of, of injuries, it does level things out a bit. You know? you know what I mean? There's not one team who got screwed by all this. You got – you got a lot of them just trying to scrap their way through with, you know, with a backup in there. But um, very weird, man. I was watching that Chiefs game the other night, uh, and I had picked them. I thought maybe they were going to have a kind of a get-right week. And, man, they just didn't. They looked out of sorts. They are – I've given them the benefit of the debt. They've earned the benefit of the debt. Yeah, how would you not? Easily. Um, but we've, we're reaching that point in the season where if they don't turn into the team that they could be now, uh, it's probably not going to happen this year. I really do think that their offensive weapons are just so bad that I don't think they can overcome it and win a Super Bowl this yeah. year. I just don't. I think Baltimore is clearly a better team right now. Man, they look so good. Um, that, that's that's kind of my favorite moving forward, if it's not the Niners. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the AFC, it's, it's definitely got to be the Ravens. I, I, I can't believe in the Dolphins until I see them beat somebody. Um, they'll have their chance. They've got a couple big games coming down the stretch. Um, Tyreek Hill, by the way. About 500 yards from being the first receiver to go for 2,000 in a season. It's pretty sick. Yeah. And, you know, from a quarterback with a noodle arm that – is a bust, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. impressive um, for games I'm looking forward to this week, it, we're, we kind of have an ongoing trend here where I, I guess a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's been so many injuries that have just completely torn teams apart. There's just – Really tough matchups every week, and by tough, I mean tough to watch. Like you look Slogs. at the, yeah. you look at the slate these last few weeks, and really a majority of the season, and you kind of pick one or two games out that you're excited about. 
And the rest, you're just like, I'll watch it because it's on, but, like, I don't care about any of these games. You know, hopefully a couple of them give us a good game when we don't expect it. Mm -hmm. This is very much one of those weeks, and really the two games that I look forward to the most are going to be Bill's Chiefs, which we talked about. Um, Can the Chiefs get get it back going? If the Bills win this game, I think they're very much in the heart of the playoff hunt yet again. Which who the fuck would have thought that? You know, three. With four, how bad four they've been this ago. year, man, they haven't really had the injury problems that a lot of these teams have. They've Fired just been Ken bad. Dorsey week nine or whatever. I mean, that's. I mean, it's been a journey for them this year. No kidding. But it's not over. They could, you're right. They do have a chance. And then obviously, what stands out more than anything is the Cowboys versus Eagles. Um, Eagles just got absolutely shellacked Mash. by the 49ers. The 49ers, when they, they're the complete opposite of the Cowboys and the Dolphins. where They jump up a notch. When, yeah. when they play these really tough teams, they bring their A game. They're more likely to lose some of these games where you're overlooking your opponent. Yeah. They don't overlook any of these, these top dogs, and, and they just beat the brakes out of their, them. Their uh, traits definitely play more like well into a playoff situation than – the Dolphins or the Cowboys, who are the opposite of that, where you know they they get exposed a bit by the real contenders. Um, San Francisco finds a way to just you know take care of business and, and keep their stars healthy. They, I mean, they on a good day they are the best team in football. They oh, just absolutely. They just the way they've smacked other good teams around. But um, at, you know, got to get there. Brian Purdy's had his – he had a bit of a valley earlier in the year, but I think he's back. Yeah, I think they, he's good now. They had a few tough games in a row, and all of a sudden it was Brock Purdy sucks. Get him and, and now he's sitting at number one in odds for the MVP. For the MVP. Yeah. Which, by the way, who's number two? Dak Prescott. Dakery Prescott. Yeah. Dak Prescott has looked unbelievable since week 10. Unbelievable. He's He's got like – what is it? Is it since week 10 or the last 10 weeks? I can't, I can't keep it straight because I'm not smart. He's got something like 20 touchdowns, two interceptions. It's the, it's the last 10 weeks. There's no way he could have done that in the last couple of weeks. I, I mean, but, um, maybe. Have you played Madden? Yeah, I don't know. What week are we in? Yeah, he might. It's got to be the last 10 weeks. But that's, you know, you can say empty stats, empty calories, or this is Dak. Or you can't really argue with the numbers that he's put up this year. And, you know, of course, everyone knows, like, there's going to be tough moments down the road. There's going to be make-or-break situations. But their offense has been scorching. And he's, like, this is the best year of his career easily. I'd say so. I mean, he was was actually statistically doing maybe better than this the year that he broke his ankle. Yeah. But, obviously, that got derailed. Um, He was on track to break. Passing yards and touchdowns records that, that, that that's year. Right. He's, he's, he continued leading the NFL in yards and touchdowns for a couple of weeks, I think, after that ankle injury. So, right. yeah, maybe that one had a better trajectory. This is the best, assuming he finishes it, uh, full season he will have put together if he stays on this track. But um, you and I know the deal with the Cowboys. I, I do. But you know what? I, this, this week could be – Maybe a change of direction game. Hey, call me an idiot here, but you give me that Eagles team at home, given how these teams are trending. Look at last week for the Cowboys. They had a horrendous showing by the defense. Absolutely atrocious. I was at that game, at the Seahawks versus Cowboys game, and the Seahawks just tore them apart. DK Metcalf, by himself, just took – Deron Bland from maybe one of the favorites to win defensive player of the year to this guy shouldn't even be top five. Uh, it just torched him the entire game. And it was a game where 
it, it would be typical Cowboys for them to show up. The defense isn't getting it done. You know the offense is going to sputter eventually. They're going to lose. They figured out a way to win a game where the defense, which is one of the best defenses in football, couldn't get it done. They figured out a way to win. And Mike McCarthy said it after the game, and I, I, I kind of agree with him as much as I really have my doubts about him at times. They needed a game like that. Mm -hmm. You needed a game where you didn't bring it all and you didn't have your A game and you still figured out a way to win. That's what. That's how you win in the playoffs. Yeah. You give me this Eagles team that just got fucking boat raced in their home stadium by the Niners, who we should have beaten in their house last time we played them. I think we win by two scores. And I'm probably going to regret saying that. Yeah, probably. And I will tell you how stupid I am after the fact. It's certainly a possibility. But, um, I mean, the Cowboys are a talented team, man. They just it, they put it together on the right day, and they're a contender. But, um, yeah, this is going to be a big one for them. I, You know, it's all about like playing complimentary football. It's what you have to do down the stretch. And it's something like they failed to do in those biggest of games where, like you just said, one of those units is, like, not going to be clicking one day, but the other one has to anchor the team. You know, like, when Alabama lost to Texas earlier in this year, there was points in that game where the offense wasn't moving the ball and the defense eventually broke. And, you know, if, if like, one side of the ball has to carry the other if you hit a moment like that, you know. If the defense is giving up long drives and touchdowns, it's on the offense to answer. Yep. You know, you've got to play comp complimentary ball. It's what the best teams do. But uh, we're getting there, man. We're getting down the stretch of this NFL season. Yeah, it's making me sad. I know. We're so close to not having football anymore. I started thinking about what I'm going to do Saturday, and I was like, oh, no, dude. What am I going to do? I, I don't know. And, and Conference you... championship week was last week. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Be in my underwear most of the day. Yeah. Except we actually have to go out and meet with an electrician. So that's, that's out the window, too. Um, you could watch Army-Navy. Know yeah, that everyone gets excited will. about that. Totally, not really. I, I I've never really cared to watch that game. I'm sorry. Maybe that makes me a bad American, bad college football fan. I don't care. I just don't really care about watching military academies play football, dude. No. Triple option doesn't really do it for me. Um, let's talk about something other than football real quick. Um, I didn't have it on the list, but holy shit, did you see Luka Doncic last night? Yeah. First half triple-double, first player in NBA history with a 25-point triple-double and a half. Um, I haven't been watching a ton of NBA basketball this year, and I don't know why I decided to tune in last night, but that was certainly a sight to behold. And uh, I, as, as time goes on and, and as I get to see Luka Doncic more and more, I just find myself liking the guy more and more because you've got – First of all, you've got a Slovenian that speaks fluent Spanish. Yeah. There was a video of him in the locker room meeting Adalis Garcia, um, and they're just having a, a fluent Spanish conversation, it, which is – I mean, it's just funny. I know Luka Doncic played in Spain. Like, that's why he knows Spanish so well. But, like – It's from the Balkans. you gotta, you got to go get somebody <laughs> from the Mavs. Please, can you find somebody that speaks Spanish? Oh, yeah, that's right. You're Slovenian yeah, guy. Yeah, the Slovenian, like, the tall blonde guy. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's them. That's your, that's your bilingual. So, there, there's that. And then uh, last night there was a, a little altercation between him and Chris Dunn. Yeah. Chris Dunn's a bum. Let's be serious. I don't know why he was getting in Luca's face. Luca essentially just scored on him, stared him down, 
and uh, mean mugged him a little bit. Chris Dunn got in his face and put his finger, like, was literally touching his face, like, talking shit to him. He mushed his nose, dude. He yeah. Went, he pushed his nose. And, and, and all Luca did was, was laugh at him and back away. Well, some audio got picked up by the scorer's table, and uh, Luca's talking to the ref, and he's like, we just can't have that. He's like, I didn't even do anything. I didn't do anything. He's just mad because I'm busting his ass. And you could see Chris Dunn laugh after that, like, yeah, he's, he's actually right. He's very good, man. He's a, he's very talented. And what's crazy is uh, he's like 24. It's like oh, I know. Fifth year in the league. And you know the, the European players. There's been this misconception about them for a long time, and maybe it wasn't always a misconception. But these guys are a little more timid. They don't they don't play that rough and tumble sort of basketball. They play a different game for sure. It's more of a finesse yeah. game. Um, they're not going to get in your face, talk shit. Most of them are pretty soft-spoken. Luca's like, dude, I will talk shit to anybody that wants to fucking get some. Yeah, that that was an opinion of old, again, that maybe used to be true. Maybe those guys used to play a little soft. A lot of these fucking big Polacks, these big pinks you see coming over here now, dude, they're the most confident, arrogant dudes on the court. Like, they will, and they're maybe not even arrogant, but just, like, they aren't scared of anything, dude. Jokic had the quote where he's just like, I think somebody was, I forgot what arena they were, it was in reference to, but he's like, you know, is it hard to shoot free throws? Is it hard to hear? Or like, is it hard to play in front of a crowd like that? He's like, brother, I played in Serbia. And then they yeah. cut to the the, the stands yeah. of one of the Serbian games. And the I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah. I mean, these dudes, the entire stadium is jumping up and down, waving flags. These dudes, shouting. by the way, turn pro when they're 16. Right. So they start playing with grown men as teenagers. <laughs> you know, they get those first contracts really young. It's like soccer. And so they grow up quick, and they probably get the shit beat out of them in those games. And, uh, you know, they they grow up hard. <laughs> and so that's, a t- I think, in this day and age, like we've seen from a lot of these Eastern European dudes, that is a big misconception <laughs> in today's game. Yeah. Yeah, that, that- – that should probably uh, – we should probably put that behind us and move forward yeah, yeah. a little bit. Uh, speaking of moving, we've got a move taking place in Major League Baseball. Uh, Juan Soto to the Yankees. I want to go ahead and congratulate the New York Yankees on the 2024 World Series. Um, it's a done deal. They've already won. Give them the trophy. Number 28, at, baby. At least according to Yankees fans. 28 rings. I saw a tweet – after this news broke, and I don't know if it was from ESPN or Major League Baseball or might have been Bleacher Report, I don't know, but it showed a picture of Garrett Cole, Juan Soto, and uh, Aaron Judge, just the three of them in a picture, and it said, who out there is going to beat this team in seven games? To which I say, probably any team that has more than one starting pitcher. Dude, whatever. Dude, you tell me tell me when the Yankees went out and signed a big name and then didn't win the World Series the next year. When is that when does that ever happen? I don't know that we have any history of that. No, those all those guys you just named, World Series after <laughs> it's like I it, it is so stupid and the Yankees like whenever shit like this happens, it, you, you are reminded just what a dumb fan base they are. Um because you and I know how baseball work, baseball works, and how hard it is to win in the postseason, and how many fucking sick lineups have gone on to do absolutely fuck all in the postseason. The Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves, a historically good offense this year. It's baseball's weird, and it takes 
pitcher you you need two good starters a good back end of the bullpen and like the right dudes in the right moments and like oh, an injury luck there Let's is not forget you need that. injury luck and there is no guarantee that the best team is going to win in a series it's not like football it's not even like basketball you got way more dudes involved and a lot of uncertainty and like it just to, to throw out a prediction your like fucking that. world series this year was between the rangers and the diamondbacks R- correct who would have picked those teams at the beginning of the year? Almost no one did. So what are we doing? It, yeah. Who is going to beat this team in seven games? Who fucking knows? Yeah, Seattle Mariners, maybe. They may yeah. not make the, the postseason. We don't know. It's uh, – I mean, I'd be excited, obviously, if I were a Yankee fan. Yeah. Lane I mean, Juan Soto. But it's – I mean, it, baseball does not work like that. You cannot – just go on a tear because you have three to five all-star level players. Like it just it does not work that way. But um, whatever, yeah, good for the Yankees, good for Juan Soto. Um, but I don't know, dude. There is, I mean, there's a lot of shit's going to shake out, and then we don't have to speculate on much of it. We could have some more baseball big news here in this offseason. You know, some of these oh, guys getting courted. Otani's still floating Otani, around. We still have no idea. What no he's clue, doing. dude. I hear a new team every day. He's been a he's been a Cub, a Blue Jay, and a Brave in the last five days. I've Dude. seen them. I've seen them all sign. Which reminds me of the the Mad Dog tweet or the the Mad Dog comment. Oh my Dude. God. Dude. <laughs> I think that was yesterday. On was it? Pardon my take. Uh, or no, not pardon my take. Uh, pardon the interruption. Or it was one of these ESPN shows, and he was like. What, what the fuck did he say? I, I've I've got to I've got to quote it word for word because it was, it was shocking. It was what? Yeah, we won't even paraphrase. Just say exactly what he said in reference to Shohei Otani. Chris Russo, Mad Dog, obliterates Shohei Otani's hushed free agency. What is this? The atomic bomb? That's a fantastic thing to say about a Japanese-born player. Just what a reference! Who, the fuck are we doing who here? Even says that, who dude. Even... Oppenheimer came out this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should be top of mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's just wild. From you know, just a seven-year-old dude on, on TV <laughs> just saying whatever he wants. I mean, it's like uh, I didn't even see. I mean, I, I didn't even see the clip. I just saw it tweeted. Like, was there a reaction from? The other people on I didn't camera, watch it either. They just keep rolling with that, brush it right off. Um, I mean, that's – what's that? Th- it's like a, the tendency to steer toward, like, the thing you're not supposed to do. I think when you're driving, you know, you see, like, a car on the side of the road. There's something called, like, target uh, permit. You essentially get drawn toward, say, like, a stationary car on the side of the road. You know – that you're not supposed to hit. You know it's there, but there's this weird thing in our brains that draws us toward it. We do the same thing conversationally where if, like, the a clear misjudgment, like, pops into our head, we kind of get stuck on it for some reason. And he just, I mean, this is, like, maybe the one reference not to make about a Japanese athlete. And he was like, no, this, this is the perfect time. This is the, the perfect analogy. Um, it's just unbelievable. Uh, the last piece of sports news that I got, and this just broke today after I, I think it was a, a, at least a couple weeks of speculation, but John Rahm is officially headed to Live Golf. We haven't talked about Live and PGA in a while. It's been a while. Dude. It's been a long yeah. time, uh, but it's back in the news. John Rahm has defected 
to live after previously making comments about how he doesn't think it's a, it's a format that's real golf. Trainers. He wants to play against the best players in the world in a four a four day tournament. Um, but it's crazy what six hundred million dollars will do to a guy. I mean, holy shit. Six hundred yeah. million dollars is pretty hard to turn down, buddy. You think I wouldn't go back on my? I'd go back on what I've everything I've said tonight. Oh, for sure, and, and much more serious stances. Dude, than that. give me six hundred million dollars and say that Alabama never makes another national championship or playoff as long as I live. I say, okay, deal. We could just fund our own. We could just make our own playoff if we had that kind of money. Yeah, I'd, I'd be about that, but. Yeah, this one's kind of tough for the PGA Tour. And this is all happening while we're apparently heading towards a, a deadline in, in the merger talks between the Saudi fund and, you know, Live Golf and the PGA. I didn't realize there was a deadline to get this merger figured out, but apparently it is at the end of the year. If it's not done, then I guess it's not happening, which really kind of throws things into a spiral. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that that would be permanent. I don't know why it would be, but I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good move by the live tour to, to get a real big bargaining chip right there with the threat of a lot more guys going. Um, because that is the theory right now is that's he's, he was the first big poker chip there and there's going to be a few more guys that are, are going to be on the move. And, you know, look, I didn't see Liv as a threat at first. I, I, I figured most of these guys, you know, yeah, you can throw a lot of money at them, but the guys that were going to run for the money, they did. Um, because you know that they went to all sorts of these guys and threw some crazy numbers at them. And if they we've, we've never seen a league funded by the wealthiest family on earth. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this is a country backed by – the single wealthiest family, I believe, on earth because of the largest crude oil deposit in the world. Right. We're talking about literally unlimited well, money. Well, yeah, but unlimited that's, money. I mean, that has been the case all along. And, you know, I just kind of figured if guys aren't doing it now, then, you know, you'll, you'll still see if you kind of decide to after the fact. But for the most part, the guys that went are the guys that were going to go all along. Now you've got a guy that's that's moving to live golf who that's a big hit for the PGA Tour. Yeah. That's a former number 1 player in the world. He will probably be at number 1 in the world at some point this next season, except maybe not now because they still haven't figured out how to do the world golf ranking and, and include the live guys. Um Ever since it was determined, you could still play for the Ryder Cup teams. Uh, you could still play for the majors. I think it made it more palatable for a lot of guys to make that switch. Um, it's going to be weird, though. I don't want to see John Rahm wearing shorts. I really don't. I, I think that's going to be very strange. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's um, it's just so funny. I, I know we said it, you know, when this all first started happening, but isn't it funny? There's like a second golf circuit now. There's like a competitor to the PGA, whether it. How it's about, not much of one, but they're they're sure, trying their damnedest to make sure it becomes. That's what one. I was getting at. Whether how how much you view it as a real competitor or not, like they have nabbed some of the best players in the world, and uh, they do have an unlimited purse. Like it is a, it's a very odd thing. If I were to go look for the CW right now on my TV, I don't know where I would start. Is that one of the earlier channels? Is that is that you got like old school cable? I mean, well, I I would surely think that they don't have that. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I, it's it's not going to make me any more likely to watch the Live Tour. I still think that it's it's a shitty product. It's not something I'm interested in. I hate shotgun starts. Um, I want to watch all the guys. I want to take a nap in the middle and wake up at the end and be able to see how tournaments play out on Sunday. Um, but yeah, this is this is a huge chip that just moved, and that gives a lot of the bargaining power to live where they basically say hey let's figure out a way to get this deal done or we're going to keep taking all your best talent some guys are just going to stick around with the pga tour surely for the principle of things and i respect that i don't disrespect anybody that's moving to live for those giant paychecks mm -hmm. i would do the same thing but it sucks it sucks and we'll see how it all plays out i hope this merger gets figured out and we can get to some sort of resolution where it's all under the same umbrella and you don't have this weird division going on, but we'll see. Um, I think that pretty much does it for our sports segment. So let's go ahead and get into the news. And the first news story that I found um, almost made me drop my phone because I don't know how the fuck this is even possible. But we had a Vietnamese man who showed up to the hospital uh, he had been suffering through five months of excruciating headaches. He's had some weird, like, fluid drainage going on. Couldn't figure out what was going on. So he finally decides to go see a doctor, go get an x-ray. Turns out he's got chopsticks so far up, his, up both nostrils that it, they are in his brain. And I really, it gives no backstory. It gives no probable cause of how this could have happened how do you not know there's chopsticks in your brain well it, it it lays out how it probably happened but does not explain how he was able to just operate semi-normally this long uh and i'll tell you what i was my hunch was proved correct and i'll tell you what i, I thought when i first read this because you read you hear a lot of stories of people having like foreign objects somewhere in them unknowingly and you're like how can that happen who can that be what type of person could have this happen without knowing? And I'll tell you who. A person who gets really hammered really often. And it, this guy basically said he got into a fight one night when he was out drinking. Uh, I imagine this is like a regular occurrence for him where he just gets shithoused out on the town. So he got roughed up a little bit. And I think it says he even went to the hospital where they did like, you know, just a like a quick checkup and ruled that, you know, all his vitals were normal. Um Whatever, whoever fucking sinister prankster like fucked this guy up, they sent chopsticks right up his nose. And that's, it, unless the guy did this to himself, which seems unlikely, I don't know how you could tolerate that, regardless of being hammered. Um, the, his attackers, his assailants, fucking shoved plastic, they were, I don't think they're wooden, I think they were black plastic chopsticks, ah, right up the nostrils. Uh, can you imagine the fucking headaches this guy was waking I, up I with? I really for can't. Days? Like, it was five. It was like five months. Yeah. How do you do that? Just a resilient bastard, dude. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta just be. You gotta know something's wrong, but just talk yourself out of it every single day. You're like, this is not a normal headache. And what they said is he had, he had like brain fluid that was leaking out of his head through his nose and into his mouth and that sort of thing. Like dude, if, if he if he didn't get that checked out, like if that was never figured out and like he would have died eventually he's just been power throwing it 
that powering through it, dude, with fucking Grampy's old cough medicine. Like this guy's getting, <laughs> this guy is getting He's fucked getting up. He is to not feel sh- sh- fucking severed chopsticks like lodged into the front of your brain. You gotta be so drunk all the time just to just to numb yourself from that, the pain and just knowing that something's going on up there. Um, Dude, I simply cannot imagine. I, it's I'm, incomprehensible. I am I mean, such a bitch. Like, I, first sign of a headache, I'm taking medication. And if it doesn't go away and, and we go through a couple of days of that, I, I'm probably going to schedule a doctor's visit to go get checked out. Like, what the hell is going on with yeah. me? This guy went through five months of probably just completely excruciating pain. Um, His boss was five, yelling at him and stuff. And almost like, oh. half a year, this guy went... Just trying to shrug it off and say, ah, yeah, you know, one day I'm going to wake up and it's not going to feel so bad. Well, he's got brain fluid leaking into his face. What the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, I, I don't think really the chop- drunk, dude. I, yeah, I really don't think the chopsticks are his, his biggest concerns here. I, I don't think so. I mean, the fact that they went unaddressed for this long tells you a lot about this character. But um, holy shit, man, just one of the more unsettling articles we've read i think yeah dude that one made my skin crawl there's a picture of the chopsticks here and i mean that's it's just insane they (laughs) like they're they're broken so they're not if you're think if you're picturing like a full length chopstick it's like you broke one in half which is still a considerably long and uncomfortable fucking thing to be that's also diabolical yeah these guys these guys are like find those fucking dudes (laughs) who did this these guys are like we're gonna break them so that they're not sticking out, and that he he doesn't know that they're in there. Yeah, that's so much worse. What the uh, fuck? Is this, uh, yeah, dude, is this a regular thing they're doing to people? Um, holy fuck. Okay, let's move on to something um, that's equally as disconcerting, but just on a different level. And this is my this is where I, I turn into the old man yelling at clouds. Uh, Oxford University Press has named their word of the year for 2023, and unfortunately, it's Riz. Um, I don't know where Riz came I from. The fucking picture here at the top in the caption. Tom Holland. Tom, Tom Holland has admitted he has no Riz. Yeah, horse shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, okay, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, yeah, dude, I... This is, the, this is the old man millennial in me, I guess, which sounds hilarious, but... Um, yeah, dude, fuck Gen Z, man. <laughs> fuck Gen Z. I, I, you know, I, it all. You have to get there eventually. You're gonna hate the the generation that comes next. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really don't have a big problem with Gen Z as a whole. I do hate their stupid words, though. Yeah, completely. And I also yeah. hate that they steal words. Sus has been a thing for a while. Sus has been a thing since I was in middle school or high school. Yeah. We've been saying things are sus, but now that's a Gen Z term. No, it isn't. You don't get to steal that from us. Yeah, they've adopted it. It's, um, you know, I told myself, you know, when I was a kid, I'd never be, you know, just that spiteful, like grumpy old man. I'm a spiteful, grumpy young man, dude. It didn't take long at all just to to go down that path and of just being like early onset curmudgeon. And well, yeah, I, I think the problem is once you start hearing words that you don't know, you get well. First of all, you it get, makes you mad. You get offended. It's like, who do you think you are? Like, I'm the youth. First of all, like I'm, I, I'm hip to this. Like I know everything that's going on. What's hot in the streets? What did, wait, hold on. What did you just say? Chuggy? What the fuck is chuggy? Yeah, dude. Then you get embarrassed by yeah, just like you know. I used that wrong one time, just trying to be funny. Did I you? was like, does this make me look chuggy? And Mary goes, 
do you even know what that means? She's like, no. Not really. She goes, yeah, that's like not a good thing. It's like a negative. Chugi is like kind of blah. Like, oh, yeah, I did. I knew it had negative yeah, I, I sure fucking didn't. There's, yeah, uh, first of all, yeah, we get offended because we are insulted, um, you know, that we're out of the loop on this, I think is our initial reaction, where it's just like you, you, you bow up a little <laughs> bit. And it's like, hey, hey, what? What is that you're saying? And uh, I think just it's how our parents felt, you know, when we started to listen to rap and, and you know, say the, sh- the stupid shit that we say conversationally. It probably rubbed them the wrong way, too. But I think it's just like a defense mechanism, you know, the fact that we're getting old. We're trying to combat that. Yeah, and I, I don't really know what it is about the word riz that really just, like... You know it's short for charisma? I just that, learned, I learned I, that, like, yeah, recently. Yeah, I read that in the article yeah. that apparently that is, that's where it's thought to have come from, which makes sense but we've turned charisma now into a shorter form of the word and and then turned it into a verb mm-hmm. where you you don't have riz you riz people up i i, I hate that term i hate that phrase so much it, it makes my skin crawl i don't like it's it charisma the fuck out of that room you yeah. see me yeah it's dude it's uh you know, at least i'll say like charisma is a three-syllable word, um, wor- you know, arguably worthy of abbreviating. What I fucking hate, and I, I, people our age, do, I, I think this crosses even up to millennial age, people that abbreviate like one-syllable words oh, or, two, or, or two-syllable words that are you really not... Like, I don't... pizza Calling pizza za pisses me off. I know it's it's shortening it, whatever. That's just... that Maybe not the greatest <laughs> example. But, like, people really love to abbreviate stuff. That's just like totally not even worthy of abbreviating. It's like it's like just say the full fucking word. It, it's, it takes equal effort. Charisma again. I at least like Riz is a viable like shortening of that word. But um, yeah, the the need to like abbreviate and I'm totally Dude, it, blanking on good examples. It just popped up one day too. Yeah. Like it it wasn't like a gradual progression of like oh I hear it and then like you start hearing it more and more. It was just like all of a sudden one day. Mm-hmm. And it all started, I think, with that stupid fucking baby Gronk kid. Fuck that kid. Hope he's having a bad day. Baby Gronk. Well, fuck his dad, really. I, it's, I, feel, it's really, bad. I feel bad for him. I, that's, that's fair. And that, yeah. you know, that's really where my, uh, where my hatred should, should actually go. But uh, it, all, it all really went downhill when baby Gronk rizzed up Livy Dunn. <laughs> Dude, a monumental moment I mean, in, that, in society. I didn't think that that we would ever get past that as a society. Let's, if you unpack that statement, anyway, it's uh, what are we? Who, what are we talking about here? What's our subject matter? Baby Gronk, uh, a, and, a literal and, child. A, 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 yeah, and like an, a borderline elementary school kid. Who, it's not borderline. He is in is the he like fourth grade. I did, yeah, he's <laughs> ten. I mean, he's a, he's a, like a baby, and you have. A, I mean, his whole thing is just like. He's like, yeah, I'm a child, but I'm actually Rob Gronkowski. And it's really like his dad pulling the whole thing. So the fact that he's famous, the fact that we have celebrities like that anyway. And then he did what? He rizzed up Livy Dunn, who is also just, I guess she's an accomplished athlete in her own right, but like largely just famous for being really hot. Yep. Is that a miscalculation? I no, think not that's at pretty all. Fair. No, that's so that's just like what we're concerned with right now <laughs> as as a species. <laughs> it's like a child uh, DM'd or maybe in person. I didn't even see the interaction. Uh, a, a famous college student. Um, 
And that's like probably the most important thing that's happened this year. I think. So, <laughs> like, we're just, We've got multiple wars going yeah, on, yeah. possible genocide, and Livy Dunn got rizzed up by Baby Gronk. That kid who like just learned how to tie shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Our society's so fucked, dude. Oh, it's crazy. So fucked. And now, and now we're lending credence to it by naming Riz the word of the year, yeah. um, which means we're just going to keep hearing it more and more, and I'm going to keep shaking my fist at the clouds. Um, let's move on. We, we got Panera Bread in the news, and is it because they came out with a new menu item? Partially, yes. But uh, turns out Panera is killing people. Um, they rolled out something called charged lemonade. It's, and it's long been called hospital food, but not for that reason. Don't say yeah. that around Mary. Mary's a big Panera. I'm not anti-Panera Panera by any means. I just think that's typically, that's its knock. People say that. So we've got two people now that have been taken out by charged lemonade, which is a highly, highly, highly. Evidently, yeah. Caffeinated beverage. Um, I mean, this is like, this is, it sounds like this is for loco without the alcohol in it, um, which this news article, funny enough, is probably going to get a bunch of people to go buy this and pour vodka into it. Um, I'm, I'm not totally against trying it, but uh, we've got a, a guy named Dennis Brown. He's 46. He had an unspecified chromosomal deficiency order, uh, disorder, sorry. Um, a developmental delay and mild intellectual disability. He lived independently, frequently stopping at Panera after his shifts at a supermarket. Uh, because he had high blood pressure, he did not consume energy drinks, but he did buy this charged lemonade a few times in, in a multiple day span. And uh, the last time he bought it, it took him out. Um, shit ton of sugar. It sounds like it did, Panera did not do a, a adequate job. <laughs> Uh, communicating how much goddamn caffeine was in the stuff. I would say so. Because it's just, if you've been to Panera, you know, their little lemonade or just right next to the soda fountain. It doesn't, there's not like a special area or for caffeinated drinks or anything. They're just in a big pitcher. So you, I, mean, they, I imagine they didn't put a big ass warning sign or anything. Sounds like it was just right there for so, ch children or anyone to consume. So how much caffeine is actually, how much caffeine and sugar? is actually in a 30-ounce charged lemonade. That's a, that's a large helping. It's funny that you ask. Uh, 390 milligrams of caffeine and nearly 30 teaspoons of sugar. Um, that is unfucking believable Dude, a, a Celsius energy drink has 200 milligrams of caffeine, yeah. and that's one of the most... Yeah. That is one of the most highly caffeinated beverages that you can buy in in a gas station mm -hmm. um, monsters don't have that much red bulls don't have that much celsius is kind of towards the tippy top yeah. along with your um, fast switch also yeah 200 i can't imagine just slugging two of those like back to i i guess i've had two in a day but back to back and dinner and poor dennis brown dude this guy had three cups of the charged lemonade we're talking about we're talking about about three and a half cups of coffee of strong coffee um for a, a fellow who already had high blood pressure it says D had no clue he was even consuming this um an r.i.p dennis brown dude can you imagine what went through this poor guy's head like as he was sitting there trying to read home and garden have you ever had he was doing have you ever had the displeasure of drinking entirely too much caffeine all at once on a yeah and especially like if you're if you're sleep deprived empty stomach or uh 
a combination of those things, especially like it can fuck you, dude. It can fuck your day right up. The worst thing I've ever done was a similar situation to that. I, I woke up hungover. I had things to do that day. And so what did I do? I went to the gas station and I picked up two five hour energy drinks and I drank them both at once. And I thought that I was going to die. Yeah. My skin started getting <laughs> tingly. I, I was itchy everywhere. Um, my heart rate was through the moon. Um, I had a terrible headache. Um, it was, it was literally one of the most miserable times of my life. And this guy did it roughly probably at least double that. I mean, three, three 30 ounce servings of 390 milligrams. Let's do the math there. 390 times three. That is 1,170 milligrams of caffeine. The FDA says healthy adults can safely consume 400 milligrams in a day. That's five and a half cups of the strongest coffee you're going to find. Or about five Celsius's or Gatorade fast twitch. I mean, that is an unbelievable amount of caffeine and sugar to enter one system at at one time. That is. If he didn't have high blood pressure, he'd be in trouble. He did have high blood pressure. That was not going to be, that was not going to go well. Um, so they, they have since filed a lawsuit. That's a brutal way to go to, you just get nervous to death. Like you just get jittery until your heart I mean, explodes. I think so. Yeah. I, I legitimately, I, I think you just go into cardiac arrest and you've got a disabled person living on their own. They don't necessarily know what to do. Um, it's yeah, a that's a good lemonade. That's right? a fucking terrible way to go out. Horrible. So I hope his, I hope his family gets compensated for this nothing's going to bring him back but you know some money surely helps um panera has advertised its charged lemonade as plant-based and clean with as much caffeine as our dark roast coffee at 390 milligrams of caffeine a large 30 30 fluid ounce charged lemonade has more caffeine in total than any size of panera's dark roast coffee the, the, the legal complaints say so that right there in panera's own language they're completely incorrect, and they're going to get their ball suit off. Yeah, it's they're not pumping out coffee like that. This is a this is this is like evidently a health risk to to anyone. I'd say um, if they're if they're able to continue serving it, they're going to have to do like what McDonald's does because of the the old lady who spilled it on her. They're they're going to have to like McDonald's had to put hot caution hot and like all over their cup. Panera's going to have to put like a warning label on this this pitcher of lemonade we may have talked about this before but um i I can't recall if we have uh that lady got absolutely put through the ringer yeah by by the public when when that all came out because by the coffee that burned her fucking vagina uh, well right that and you know that's that's the thing is you know McDonald's did a pretty good smear campaign that, that the rest of the general public kind of bought into. They're like, oh, you didn't expect your coffee to be hot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, you didn't dumb ex- old broad. You dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah. She had to get skin grafts, dude. She had third-degree burns. Dude. It was way hotter than it ever should be. She looked be. like she dropped an, a, a, an iron right on her lap, dude. It, yeah. Was, her thighs I, were fucked. I was one of those people that said, this dumb old broad, like, <laughs> of course it's hot. Yeah. But... 
I, I, I think it was a few months ago, I actually saw something on this where they talked about that particular case and how McDonald's did such a good job of deflecting the blame to her. Oh, yeah. Dude, it was absolutely way too fucking hot. Like, there was no reason for that liquid to be that hot. How did it even reach that? I don't know. What kind like, of it, coffee makers were they? If do? there was not coffee grounds in that beverage, it would have been boiling. Dude, I, yeah, I, I didn't know that uh i always thought the same thing too i was like God, that greedy old bag like really t- taking mcdonald's to court for that and then you learn like i've seen pictures of the surgeries and stuff and like um on like on reddit or something and it's like no this is actually what the result was like this is like coffee should not do that to you yeah that's she looks like she fell on a fucking volcano and then i mean i would have never thought uh panera of all, you know, not Bang Energy or, or some fucking weird company. Panera would just be, like, you know, brewing lemonade that can fucking kill you after a couple glasses <laughs> like that. <laughs> what, who's in charge of this, dude? Who, like, who, who, you know, saw the nutrition facts per serving? They were like, oh, yeah, our largest cup, a 30-ounce cup, nets you 390 milligrams of caffeine. Like, that's cool for consumption. Certainly not. Yeah. Certainly not. That is your entire daily value of caffeine at once. Maximum value that that you should consume, yeah. Panera said that it expressed our deep sympathy for Mr. Brown's family and that it stood by the safety of its products. Based on our investigation, we believe his unfortunate passing was not caused by one of the company's products. There, the fact that he was in poor health, they're probably going to skate through this, but I mean... I think, like, we just talked about the math here. This could kill a normal person. Like, you know. This could kill a horse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it was not caused by one of the company's products. We view this lawsuit, which was filed by the same law firm as a previous claim, to be equally without merit. Panera stands firmly by the safety of our products. If y'all don't take this shit out of your stores, like, we keep getting bodies there's gonna, hitting the floor. Dude, there's going to be... Pretty soon, I would imagine, an unattentive parent, or maybe not even just a, a parent who hasn't read this article, who's like, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead, get, like kid, get all the lemonade you want." And there's gonna be a child who who dies in a Panera from drinking lemonade. So after the first person followed their lawsuit, um, Panera put more detailed disclosures in all of its restaurants and on its website warning customers to consume the charged lemonade in moderation. Dude, we're going to have a 60-pound kid drink their weight in this stuff <laughs> yeah. pretty soon. Stating that it is not recommended for children, people sensitive to caffeine, or pregnant or nursing women. Hey, here's, here's a really bold idea, and you know, stop me if this is too crazy. Um, Maybe just don't fucking nuke your your lemonade to that point. Like, what the fuck are we doing with these levels of caffeine? And the, the Nobody double, needs that. The doubling down is crazy. Yeah, dude, it's like, just Wait. make normal lemonade, man. <laughs> what are we doing? Hey, we, I'm okay with caffeinated lemonade even, but, like, if I can if I can fill up a cup of lemonade, a, a, a pretty reasonable-sized drink, by American standards, I should add, uh, of just something that you get out of a fountain and it could fucking stop my heart. I think there's a problem there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just like how many other people have unknowingly done that, picked up a meal from Panera, you know, gone to the fountain. And it's like, I think I'll have the lemonade. And then they get home or driving down the road and they're like, why am I 
grinding my teeth to a powder. Like, what is happening to me? I would never... I mean, I guess, you know, if you'd look toward... If you're feeling funny, you're like, maybe I have food poisoning. Maybe you use, you know, deductive reasoning. But I think it's it's pretty plausible. Like, you just... You go pick up food from Panera. You fill up a cup full of lemonade. And then you you start fucking freaking out like 30 minutes later. You're probably not going to know what that came from. You're just probably going to think you're dying. You know what I mean? You're like... Surely it wasn't this Panera fucking lemonade. fountain lemonade that I just poured. Like, it, I mean, just insane judgment from, yeah, you, from, from them as a company. Yeah, you, you go get your food, you get your drink, you come home at 8 p.m. to eat dinner, and then you're up till 2 a.m. wondering what the fuck is going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that had to, surely hundreds of people are in that boat. Oh, like, hundreds of thousands, thousands, I would imagine. Yeah, if, if this has been on the market for a while, who else is just... It's been on the market long enough to kill two people. They've had their night ruined because of a fucking a, a drink from Panera. So I hope this kid gets compensated, or his family, I should say. Yeah. I hope the other family gets compensated, although it sounds like that didn't end up being the case because they talked about it in a past tense and said that this one also doesn't have any merit. Um, take that shit off the shelf, dude. That, that's, I mean, what are we doing here? It, it can't even be that good. It really can't. Yeah, right. Definitely going to try it, but it can't be that good. God, now I've <laughs> got to try it. All right, let's keep it moving. And, you know, normally I would say it's time to move on to our favorite segment of the week, our favorite subreddit. But our favorite subreddit has really fucking let me down this week. Not a lot of fuck-ups lately. No, huh? dude, there, there have been several, but they've been really shitty. Um, they've been really bad. I really couldn't find one that I even wanted to do. So um, we're going to choose a different subreddit this week, and we're going to go to r slash revenge because I do also really enjoy this subreddit. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of good stuff that comes from this. I'm not gonna lead you. Uh, I'm not gonna read you the headline because it completely gives it away. So let's just get into it. R slash Petty Revenge. So a few things. I go to the gym to work out and decompress. I don't see it as a place to be social. I wear large over the ear headphones. I I also do this. Like I don't want to be talked to when yeah. I'm working out. I I'm mostly embarrassed. I don't want to be talked to. <laughs> yeah. um, I was at the gym and just finished one of my sets for deadlifts when a guy walks over. So we've got a female here, by the way. This is something I'm used to, despite how much I dislike it. But he starts talking to me, and I'm able to pick up. He's flirting. I'm polite and waiting for the proper moment to end the conversation. When he asks for my number, I decline. He keeps talking and going into the usual shtick of why not and come on. At that Which, point, by the way, always works. Like if you're a it, guy, it, it works. It's it's almost a hundred percent success. If you're right? a guy listening, yeah, and you get that vibe where a girl's not interested, or if they outright tell you you're they're not interested, do not give up because if women love anything, it's, it's persistence. Yeah, a guy who keeps pressing. So that's a guy. The guy played it the right way. At that point, I'm very uncomfortable and also annoyed because my workout timer has already gone off and it's past time for me to start my next set. I put on my big girl pants and tell him he's making me uncomfortable and I just want to finish my workout. Does he leave? No. He keeps talking, now going on about how he didn't mean it like that and he's not a bad guy, no actual apology to be found. Now, during this entire interaction, I've had to fart. I was being polite and holding it in until he left, but seeing as he's not, I think, well, I know a way to get him to leave. And he's still talk. As he's still talking, I let it go. 
It's silent, but rather smelly. It only takes about two seconds for him to catch a whiff. He stops talking, and the face he makes is too much that I have to bite my lip to stop laughing. That's when he gives me a look of, are you serious? And then finally leaves, and I'm left alone to finish my workout. Fuck yeah, dude. This is, this is exactly how... This needs to be more normalized as a way to exit a conversation you, wanna, yeah, you don't want to be in. Yeah, if only you could just muster it up like you know, at will. I'll be honest. I I, th- I could I could incorporate this into a lot of situations. I absolutely could. Oh yeah. Um, it's certainly a bold move, and I think when a woman does it, that I mean that's obviously it's it's just going to work better. It just is. You know, like, it commands more respect. If a guy does it, you're just like, all right, dude, fucking whatever. Like, uh, if a woman farts, I mean that's you know that's like making a statement, and you know if it, if it's a if it's a retaliate, uh, retaliation act like this, I mean, that's just, <laughs> and you could tell if you weaponize it, like you this. could tell that the guy knew it was weaponized because yeah. what do men do all the time? We fucking rip ass. We don't, yeah, totally. a lot of times we don't care where we are, who's around. We just do it. I, that's not me. I, I choose not to do that to people, but some dudes <laughs> just have no a, shame. That takes a certain level of confidence too, which I, I don't possess. It depends on the company for me. I will fart in front of a woman that's not my girlfriend, <laughs> but it's ta- it takes the right circumstance. You got to be like a pretty confident dude to do that. I think. Yeah. Like, I, like you know, just to rip ass in front of women you're not dating. But like, it's well known that women just don't do that the same way that guys do. Totally. And so this guy knowing that when she ripped ass and he was sitting there smelling her ass gas, he knew damn well what was going on. He got the old skunk treatment. Yeah. She alphaed him. She Big sure did. Like, yeah. And I, and I'm, you know, it sounds like it was very effective. Yeah, I've never been, um, you know, I've never had that done to me as a way to end a conversation or, you know, a, as an act of aggression. I, I can tell you almost for certain it would work on me. Oh, yeah. It would yeah. absolutely work on me. Man, I mean, that's just like how many, how well would that come in handy for just like, you know, a, a conversation at work you don't want to have or or whatever you're, you know, you're stuck in this dumb conversation. It's like somebody could, cuts you in line, step back. Oh and, yeah, step back in front of them, let one rip. Absolutely. See if they want to stick around. Yeah, you just don't like the vibe of somebody in the elevator with you. You know, just let them let them know. Some people might see this as a step backwards in human ele- evolution, where yeah. we're just like actively passing gas. And uh-huh. I, you know, I think sometimes in order to go forward, you got to go back, as, yeah, as Matthew McConaughey would say. This is one of the, yeah, this is one of those things, make me want to buy a Lincoln, dude. <laughs> this is one of those things where uh, we've become too civilized. Have you ever seen that video, that nerd showing how the, one of the quote tweets <laughs> was amazing? But this is a guy's like an etiquette expert. He's showing how the queen eats a banana. No, that? no, dear God, no. He's got this, he's, it's a little British guy, and he's got his, like a little tiny plate and a little knife, a little butter knife with a banana. And he's like, this is how the queen would eat a banana. And he's like, he cuts the end off of it and then like finally cuts. It's so, it's like, just pick it up and peel it with your hands, dude. We're primates. Like we've become, shit like that, we've become too civilized. <laughs> Somebody quote tweeted that and was like, dude's literally a professional homo. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, I mean, it's stuff like that. It's like, what are we doing, man? We're animals. We're animals at the core, you know? We like to think we're not because our brains are big or whatever. We have cool language. But, like, we are just, just animals roaming around. Sometimes you just got to, like, mark your territory. 
Speaking of bananas, because um, now we've gone off on this tangent, I had a buddy in high school that it would always, um, he would peel his bananas from the bottom. I've seen people do that. So they argue it's better. They argue you're supposed to do it that way. Yeah, well, that, that's what he argued. And he yeah. said, uh, if, you, if you look at a primate that, does, that, that eats bananas, that's what they do. They peel it from the bottom, not the top. And they also don't eat the end closest to the stem. Mm-hmm. They, they always discard it. Mm-hmm. It's like, so I don't ever eat that part. I'm like, why? Like what? Like what is what is it doing? He's like, I don't know, but they don't eat it, so I don't. Well, they throw poop and gang okay. rape too. So. Yeah, they also eat shit <laughs> yeah. and do all sorts of other horrifically uncivilized things. Oh, so yeah. um, that's a weird one to pick out. Yeah, but they got the the banana method down pat. Like you gotta you gotta trust them on that. But yeah, I think sometimes, like you said, I mean, you just gotta revert back to some of our more primal instincts. You know? it sounds like it was ultra effective. Pikachu used fart. It was ultra effective. It, I mean, yeah, fucking got this guy out of her face. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that pretty much does it for this episode of the Break Room Boys. Um, if you're at the gym, you see a cute girl, do not approach her. Just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. I just know the possible repercussions. Chase her down in the parking lot. Yeah. Let her like get her a, deadlifts on. Like a gentleman. Yeah. Corner her ne- next to her car. <laughs> Absolutely don't do that either. Make sure no one's around. Um, Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, We will be back on next week. And, I, hell, I really don't know what we're going to talk about because there's no college football. And we're going to have to We'll we'll give an intricate, in-detail breakdown, drive-by-drive of the Army-Navy game. How's that sound? That sounds awesome, dude. We'll just play – we'll do a rewatch. We'll just play – we'll just put it on mute and watch the whole game here and break it down. That sounds great. Looking forward to it. All right, we'll talk to you all next week. (laughs)